You're tuned in to the Rogers Post Game Show on the official voice of the Edmonton Oilers, 6:30 Chan, and on the Oilers Radio Network. Sent to the Edmonton blue line, and McLeod's gonna get it out. McLeod, the empty net, scores. Ryan McLeod gets his first of the year, and the Oilers are up 3-1. And that is the Alberta Blue Cross insurance goal of the game. Whatever life brings, we've got the coverage you need. Visit ab.bluecross.ca. This is the Rogers postgame show. Rogers, Canada's largest and most reliable 5G network. We're in the Legacy Heating and Cooling broadcast booth. Home and no payments and no interest for a year. That's Legacy Heating and Cooling. The Smart Play of the Night is brought to you by Catelli Smart Pasta. With all natural ingredients, it's a smart move for your next meal. Look for the box the next time you shop. And the Smart Play of the Night, Darnell Nurse sifting one home from another area code. Just putting it on net, picked up a piece of DeMello, and ultimately went into the net. To the out-of-town scoreboard for Pizza 73, the official pizza of the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, tomorrow night at Rogers Place, tickets available, oilkings.ca. They're under 1,000 left for Teddy Bear Toss. Edmonton down eight players due to injuries right now. It's a big deal in the Western League. Um, they uh, have ended up in a situation uh, where uh, they're going to be taking on the Everett Silver Tips again. It'll be Teddy Bear Toss. All right, so uh, meanwhile, the Bakersfield Condors get a pair of games against Texas. We expect Jack Campbell to start one of those two games. Uh, Sylvan Rodrigue uh, doing a great job as uh, Campbell's starting to get some traction here of late. Elsewhere in the NHL tonight, Boston shuts out San Jose 3-0. Detroit all over the Blackhawks 5-1. Florida pounds Montreal 5-1. Flyers uh, lose 4-3 in overtime to the... Uh, New Jersey Devils, Tristan Jari, the former Edmonton Oil King, scores. Goalie goal for the Penguins. They double up Tampa Bay 4-2. Maple Leafs win on a shootout 4-3 over the crack. And the Islanders in overtime over Carolina 5-4. So Carolina loses despite outshooting the Islanders 43-16. Minnesota, breakout John Hines. It's liberated a, a 6-1 victory over the Nashville Predators. I still think Dean Evanson's a pretty good coach. St. Louis Blues uh, beating the... Buffalo Sabres by a score of 6-4. Buffalo outshot St. Louis 46-20 in that game. 2-2 headed to the third. Colorado in Arizona. 2-2 headed to the third. Dallas at Calgary. The Washington Capitals are doubling up the Anaheim Ducks 4-2. Anaheim's given up a ton of goals. That's 4-2 after one, and they're through one in Vancouver, and the Golden Knights a 2-0 lead on the Vancouver Canucks. Here at Canada Life Center, the Oilers come back and beat the Winnipeg Jets 3-1. This is the Rogers Post Game Show on the Orders Radio Network. From the biggest stadiums to the coziest holes in the wall. From house parties to porch hangs to pride celebrations. From your favorite fuss shop to your local Indian spot. From noodle bars to sports bars to salsa bars. There's a Molson with your name on it. Canadian Ultra XL. Molson. Everyone in. Must be legal drinking age. Edmonton, Rogers wants you to stay connected to your Edmonton Oilers. Honor McDavid! Fantastic! Catch every goal on Canada's largest and most reliable 5G network with Rogers 5G mobile plans. To learn more, visit rogers.com forward slash 5G. That's rogers.com forward slash 5G. Go to the Molson Cup Three Stars, brought to you by Molson Canadian. Whether it's Canadian, Ultra, Export, or Excel, there's a Molson with your name on it. Third star tonight, grinding all night long, Zach Hyman. Second star, Cole Perfetti with the lone goal for the Jets. First star, Leon Dreisaitl with the GWG on the PP for the Oilers with under two and a half minutes left in the game. Don't ask me how the Jets uh, broadcasters didn't pick Connor Hellebuck a start. Gave up just two goals on uh, 38 shots on goal. The Rogers postgame show is heard following each of our NHL broadcasts and the Evans Oilers return to action Wednesday of next week when they host the Carolina Hurricanes. For my play-by-play partners this season, Cam Moon, who called tonight's game along with Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, Reed Wilkins, Brendan Escott, studio producers, Kellen Kennedy at the helm, and Angie Quinnell. And our engineer here in Winnipeg, Tyson Ruwicki, Bob Stoffer, saying so long, everybody. The Oilers roar back. Down 1-0 through 2. They win 3-1. They've won four straight games.
Rangers post-game show is heard following each of our NHL broadcasts. Portions of this exclusive broadcast are brought to you by Ford, official partner of the Edmonton Oilers, built Ford proud. Molson, whether it's Canadian, Ultra, Export, or Excel, there's a Molson with your name on it. And Rogers, Canada's largest and most reliable 5G network. To the net, backhander score! This live play-by-play broadcast is intended for the private entertainment of our audience. Any rebroadcast without the expressed written consent of the Oilers Entertainment Group is strictly prohibited. All games, all season. Exclusively on the Oilers Radio Network. The game is over when the horn sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. And now, the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. Now to McDavid. He'll cut to the middle. Over to Dreisaitl's goal! Leon Dreisaitl, one-timer off the right side. It's a power play goal, and the Oilers are up 2-1. to one. Well, dramatic ending tonight in Winnipeg. Leon Dreisaitl scoring on the power play with 2.13 left as the Oilers rally to beat the Winnipeg Jets 3-1. The Oilers have won four in a row. Really good game tonight in Winnipeg. Jets were up one nothing after one, one nothing after two. Darnell Nurse tied it unexpectedly with a long wrist shot that fooled Connor Hellebuck with 6.49 left. Gabe Velarde goes off for holding. Dreisaitl gets the power play goal, and then McLeod gets his first of the year into the empty net. Here's Oilers head coach Chris Knobloch. Group's perseverance through that game tonight. Oh yeah, I was very happy with our guys. Um, you know, there could uh, obviously been frustration. I thought we played pretty well for the first 40 minutes. Could have had some goals. Um, you know, obviously the goalie played really well. A few missed chances, just missing wide, um, and the guys didn't deviate from the game plan and stuck with it. And you know, we got a little bit of a break on the first goal, but um, I think it was uh, deserved considering how many um, opportunities we had. How much is Darnell's goal an example of getting pucks on net is a, just a, a great thing? Well, yeah, you never know what can happen. Um, whether that's going straight in more often, that's more of a rebound. But, um, yeah, it was nice for him to get rewarded because I thought Darnell had a, a really solid game tonight. It seemed like your team was determined, uh, you know, every time maybe they could have put their head down and felt a little bit like, oh, why isn't this happening for us? They just kept pushing forward harder. What was your assessment of it? Um, absolutely, where, um, you know, the work ethic would have stayed, um, you know, but often guys deviate from the plan, it's not working, and just take shortcuts on trying to create some more offense. But, um, you know, I didn't see that tonight. I saw us sticking with the game plan and working hard. Uh, they defend really well and make it tough getting to the net. But, um, yeah, well, I'm certainly happy with, our, with the, the way the guys played today. Thanks, Chris. All right, short and sweet from Chris Knobloch tonight as he was at the mic for Eclipse Restoration, named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit Eclipse247.ca. Oilers win it 3-1 along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins for Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. We're watching Dallas and Calgary. Mason Marchment just scored on a penalty shot early in the second period, so the Stars lead that game 3-2. Rob, this was a, a great hockey game tonight, I thought, between the Oilers and the Jets. And, uh, I mean, even after for the second period, we were like, "Wow, this is this is a good one," and uh, the 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 bonus for all the fans in Oil Country, they got to see a great game that their team persevered and found a way to win. Yeah, one hundred percent. I mean, at one point, the bonus I was hoping for was overtime. Even when it was one nothing in favor of the the Jets, I'm thinking, okay, the Oilers get one, get into overtime, a little extra time because this game has been so good. Uh, up and down the lineup for both teams, they played well. Both goaltenders were excellent. Uh, there was a ton of grade-A scoring chances, but the grade-A scoring chances, for the most part, were earned. There weren't a big mistake that all of a sudden they gave up a freebie in the slot or a two-on-order, an odd man break. Everything was just through hard work and just battling and beating a guy and getting your chance. Uh, Skinner had to come up with a number of saves when the score was one nothing, And then the Oilers uh, catch a break. Uh, Hollenbeck, uh, who was looked unbeatable, 
all of a sudden it's a shot from Darnell Nurse, and it's one of those ones where, whoa, what happened there? Like, if you just, you saw nothing happen, you look down at your phone, you look up, and all of a sudden the Oilers are celebrating. Uh, but it, it just ticked off the inside of the, the pad of DeMello, and it changed direction enough to fool the goaltender, and all of a sudden you, you got to tie a game, and then... Uh, the Oilers get their or their break, and that's a power play late. And what we've seen in the past that we haven't seen enough this year, but what we've seen in the past that if the Oilers get a power play in the third period of a hockey game, that is important. They always seem to find the back of the net, and the Winnipeg Jets unable to get the puck out, giving the Oilers a second opportunity. And Leon Dreisaitl has got his sights fixed mm-hmm. on his one-timer because the last couple have found the back of the net, and that's good news for the Oilers. Yeah, absolutely fired that shot, stuck it between Hellebuck and the post. It stood up as the game winner tonight. And one of the stories coming into this, into this game was that the Oilers' PK had been doing very well. They'd killed off 20 in a row. Now that streak got snapped. The first power play the Jets had tonight, Perfetti's goal with a minute 33 left, and the first was on the power play. But then the Jets... Jets had two power plays in the last seven minutes of the second period. And that's where we saw the Oilers' PK come through. Skinner made a couple of good saves. The Oilers actually had the best chance because Yanmark had a shorthanded breakaway. Mm-hmm. I mean, in, in a game this tight, 2 nothing probably probably would have done it. So that, that was the, the PK, even though you might say, well, they were 67%, but they got the two that they needed there. They did. The, the penalty killing did its job, and the goaltending on the penalty killing was very good. Because, as you said, the Jets had a couple opportunities to extend a lead. And it took a misplay by Hellebuck for the, the Oilers to get on the scoreboard. He wasn't going to misplay, too. So, yes, uh, the Oilers needed uh, their penalty killing to come up big at a big moment. They did twice in that second period and set themselves up for one of those just need one shot in the third period. That's what they'll be talking about between periods. We're one shot away from tying this up and that one shot was from Darnell Nurse. And I know that I've I've read some articles lately. I've heard Jack talk about it uh, on the broadcast. I heard Mooner talk about it. Darnell Nurse is playing fantastic hockey right now. And I know that he is a hot-button type of player in Edmonton where some people think he's the greatest and some will not like him no matter what he does. But Darnell Nurse is playing excellent hockey. And tonight, uh, it was just a, a little bit of a bonus or icing on the cake when that puck went in the net for him. Yeah, Nurse gets the goal. He's plus two, played 24-02, uh, credited with a couple hits and a blocked shot as well as the Oilers pull out a 3-1 win in Winnipeg to run their winning streak to four. The Jets have now lost three straight. The Oilers are 9-12-1 and one on the season. The Jets 12-8-2. As Ryan McLeod finally gets the goal empty netter with 20 seconds left well that was important for him for a lot of reasons one he had fallen behind Tristan Jari the Penguins goalie in goals scored on the season (laughs) as Jari scored an empty netter Uh, but it it is tough I mean Ryan McLeod's not here for his goal scoring he's not a guy that's going to score 25 goals a season but he's playing on the third line. He's a very important part of an Oiler team that they know that if they want to win in the playoffs when they get there, that they're going to have to be able to roll three and four lines. And Ryan McLeod is their third line center. So he knows that he has to produce. And you've seen the lack of offense start to bleed into other parts of his game. Last game at the end, a couple of mistakes against Vegas. One of them caused the goal against. So whenever you aren't scoring or something's going wrong with one part of your game, it always affects the rest of your game because you start cheating, you start anticipating, you start, uh, instead of being on the proper side defensively, you you go to the other side thinking or hoping for a bounce, and it was affecting him. So now he's got that goal, huge relief, and the fact that it comes, as we've talked about it a lot in the last uh, 30, 40 minutes here, is the, the Oilers have a long break. And over a long break, when you're not playing games, you have a lot of time to think. If you've got zero goals on the season and it's not going the way you want, all that thinking is negative. So this will be a much better break for Ryan McLeod, who had a goal and an assist, and that's a pretty good night for a third-line guy who's struggled offensively all season. Oilers win 3-1 in Winnipeg. And one thing I like, Rob, is the Oilers, they stayed patient. They 
as, as you often talk about, the risk versus the reward. They made the mm-hmm. right decisions, even down a goal, and even down a goal, well, over you know, two-thirds of the game, pretty much, uh, they, they trailed. Uh, you know, you didn't see silly pinches. You didn't see hope passes. You didn't see, uh, you know, mindless the Hail Marys to try to create offense. They they forechecked. They worked hard below the hash marks, which we talked about on the face-off show, uh, and they got the puck to the net. And, and they were busy around the other team's net, I thought, a lot tonight. They had a several near misses throughout the games. Mm-hmm. You know, some went wide. Hellebuck played really well. And the shots on goal were 39-26. That's a significant difference there. I mean, that's a 3-2 to two ratio. Uh, and the shot attempts, so that's the block shots plus the ones that go wide. That was 78-43 for Edmonton tonight. Yeah, they played well. And, and you made a good point. What we saw earlier in the season, and when the Oilers would get behind in a hockey game, all of a sudden they would, uh, they would cheat. They would pinch when they shouldn't. They would throw blind passes. They'd force passes they'd be behind the net offensively and they'd have three guys down low all going to the net because they had to tie it at that moment that shift we've got to tie this game up or we've got to get this goal and what happened they'd make the big mistake and the opposition would come down and score on an odd man break and the Oilers just continued to do that over and over again to the point then they started getting frustrated and you they started losing and they're like okay this is not the team that we saw in the past well now when they were down they just stayed with it and they're like we're playing well eventually a puck's going to go in they're not giving up odd man breaks there's no pinching they're playing on the safe side all over the ice and their work ethic didn't change so this was a, a much smarter oiler team over this last little stretch than we saw earlier in the season and this was an important game for the Oilers because a couple of the wins that the Oilers have had they I mean they bombed uh, Seattle they bombed Washington they crushed the Ducks well the last two games they had to earn them because they played two good teams both games had some adversity Vegas they give up two late goals this game they have a ton of chances not going in the net, and both games found a way to come away with two points. 3-1, the Oilers take it. So 9-12-1 on the season. Still a lot of work to do, but they're starting to put the work in and get the results. So they're 7-3 and three in their last 10, 6-3 under Chris Knobloch, Dreisaitl. You saw his reaction, too, mm-hmm. when he scored. He, he did a little jump. So you, you know how that – because he hasn't – I know he has a couple on that one-timer, but he's fanned on some. Was it Bobrovsky that absolutely robbed oh. him in Florida? Yeah, it's you know, like, we so, see that every night because it's on yeah. the top plays That's of, the, right. of, the, of the year. So, no, you can see the relief and the excitement, and that's what you want. I mean, when Sam Gagne scores, you see excitement every time, and the three times he scored, like, it's nuts. A lot of these guys, like Connor and Leon, they score so often that sometimes they forget how cool it is to score. Yeah. Well, both Leon <laughs> and Connor realized over a stretch here where they didn't score very often. They're like, okay, wait a sec. It is hard scoring in this league. And now you see the excitement when they, the two of them put the puck in the net. That was a nice play. Leon started it by keeping the puck alive in the corner, and then he finished it by putting the puck in the corner. So Dreisaitl's the first star. Perfetti picked as the second star. Zach Hyman selected as the third star. Rob and I give out the fourth star for Jandell Holmes, Alberta's premier modular home retail. I'm going to give two. Wow. All right. You can do that. Do you want to go show. first or do you want me to go first? I'm giving it to Stuart Skinner. You know what? I'm going to, when we almost always pick an oiler, I'm going to give it to both goalies. Okay. I like I'm going to give it to Skinner and Hellebuck because I thought both guys did. Oh, I oh. mean, okay, fine. Hellebuck had to go in off his glove, but it, I mean, it was, could have had three or four before that. To me, this game was probably a 5 4 hockey game with the amount of grade A scoring chances that were in it, and it ended up being a 2 1 hockey game. So, yeah, both goaltenders were excellent. But at the end of the night, Stuart Skinner, just a little bit better. And because of that, the Oilers get two points. Yeah, and I, I think, because I, I know there's always, and I've had some on my show, and it's been brought up sometimes, well, you know, Skinner, he's had to play a lot. He can see, you know, sometimes if he gets to four or five in a row, you might see some drop-off, but there was nothing tonight. I mean, he, no, was, he, was, he was absolutely solid tonight. He's excellent, but he, almost all goaltenders in the National Hockey League after four or five Well, good games, point. I mean, we'll, we'll, yeah. have some, we'll have a little bit of drop-off. I mean, Hellebuck had a... Uh, a weak start to the season in, in, for in the way that we normally see him play. Um, the the Oilers, unfortunately, with Skinner and with the way their season started, 
they've got a backup. They, they, I mean, they might say they trust them, but the fact that they don't play him ever means they don't trust their right. backup. So they've had to force Skinner to play more than he's probably should and needs to. Uh, but now they got a five-game rest. He's played excellent this last little while, and he'll be playing when they come out of this 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 break and who knows maybe at that point we might see jack campbell up here again he's had three i believe three straight games strong games in the minors yeah i don't know at some point unless something happens with a trade i don't know but i think with the others playing so well right now i don't know if you want to really mess around with anything in your roster if you're gonna try to bring someone in some from somewhere else yeah i Campbell looking better in the minors his last three or four games there. They they play tomorrow and Saturday. So I was saying this on my show last night. He, he'll probably start one of those two, and maybe he comes up. And, I of course, you know, I had a listener write in and say he's done in the NHL. I get that sentiment. But you have to remember, the Oilers employ him to be an NHL goalie. Yep. So they didn't send him down saying, okay, Jack, we're never <laughs> going to see you again. I mean, they need him to be on the team. So... Is he going to play? Is he going to be good enough to play in the NHL? At this point, I'm I, like I thought before the season he was going to be the bounce back story. So did I. Clearly, I'm wrong to this point. So far. But having said that, if he'd if be the he, bounce back, bounce back. He'd be the bouncing back from <laughs> having fallen off again. But yeah, it, I I just think, and I and I know there's some people don't want to hear this. They don't want to see Campbell and Net. The Oilers. I mean, if you if you send him down and say when you're playing well enough, we'll call you back up. You got to honor that if he starts playing well enough. Well, I mean, it would it would work out much better for the Oilers that they don't have to give up more assets for a goaltender from another team. Um, but I mean, I don't know if he's going to play. I mean, the next two games he could struggle in the minors. Yep. And then it changes everything. Uh, you hope for him. Um, it works out much better for the Oilers. You're paying him $5 million, much better that he's contributing up here than contributing in the minors. Uh, but it's a wait and see. I guess yeah, there's still time between now and the next time he would be able to play for the Oilers. And you hope think good things happen for him. But the Edmonton Oilers, Ken Holland will continue to look around the league to see if there's another option. But until that other option comes to fruition... Jack Campbell is your third-string goaltender for the Edmonton Oilers. Nonetheless, Skinner gets the win as the Oilers beat the Jets 3-1, so Skinner bumps his record up to 8-7-1 on the season. Here he is. Say about uh, the effort of your team, of course, Winnipeg opens the scoring, but they managed to lock it down and keep it at Matt 1. Yeah, um, if there's the right way to win, that's what it looks like. Uh, I thought the guys stuck with it all night. Um, you know, I thought we did a, just a great job in both ends overall. For yourself, did it feel like a little bit of a goalie competition through those periods? Yeah, I feel like it's always like that, especially with Heli. Um, obviously, an incredible goaltender to go against. Um, and he played a heck of a game. If it wasn't for him in the first period, uh, it could have got out of hand there. So um, huge credit to them. Uh, huge credit to their players as well. They played a, they played a great game. Uh, you know, they're very good at locking it down too, and that's why it was a low-scoring one. Earlier in the year, some of the issues that you guys identified was the, your ability to lock it down and really keep it there. Do you find that that's something that you guys have been able to improve on? You really showed it this game. Yeah, um, I think especially in this game, uh, we did a really good job at that. Um, obviously, there's some tweaks that uh, that has to be made, uh, as always. Every win, every loss, you know, there's things to improve on. So um, it's just a matter of us sticking with it, which I know the guys will. Did you feel it was just going to be a matter of time until one of those shots made it through? Yeah. Um, I mean, you, you're, you're hoping for that uh, every time, uh, every game, um, especially the way we were playing tonight. I think offensively we uh, did a great job at, uh, you know, getting pucks in. Um, you know, again, Helly made some incredible saves. So, um, and they're obviously they, they know how to play really good D too. So, um, yeah, you're just really hoping for a, 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 that at some point it's going to happen for us. And uh, fortunately it did. All right, so that's Stuart Skinner stops 25 out of 26 tonight. The Oilers win 3-1 in Winnipeg. Four-game winning streak for the Oilers to get to 9-12-1 on the season. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That allows you to go to our website and print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. Now open for lunch at Edmonton South and West Edmonton Mall. An afternoon celebration for the census. Visit jvedmonton.ca. All right. 
So the uh, goals tonight, Perfetti from Shifley and Connor. And then Nurse from McLeod and Yanmark. Dreisaitl from McDavid and Bouchard. McLeod from CC Bouchard has an eight-game point streak. And uh, the last four or five games, we are only talking about his points and not other, other events on the ice. He, he's simplified. He really has simplified his game defensively. Uh, he's making the right decisions uh, when the puck gets rimmed around his side in the offensive zone. If he does not have 100% chance of getting it, he's backing off. Uh, he's played better in his own. And there's he's never going to be Larry Robinson back there. He's never going to be, you know, uh, Darian Hatcher. Uh, he's, I mean, you don't ask... You're not asking Cody Cece to have uh, a 70-point season, so I guess you can't ask Evan Bouchard to be a defensive stalwart. But you ask him to compete defensively, and you ask him to make the right decisions defensively. And I think we've seen that more so in the last four, five, six games. He looks more confident back there. And then you add the fact that what he's capable of doing on the power play for you. uh, his shot, I mean, well, it's funny. They showed on the screen tonight, so anyone that didn't watch the game, they showed that the most 96-mile-an-hour shots in the National Hockey League this year, Evan Bouchard's number one with 30, and that's 10 more than anyone else in the National Hockey League. So he's got an absolute bomb. Yeah, Bouchard, he, he's played well. But then again, so have all the others over this last little winning streak. And now they've won, was it 7 out of 10? Yep. That's the that's the kind that's the of pace you got to be on. That's yep. the pace you got to be on to to make the playoffs, and the Edmonton Oilers can feel pretty good about themselves for the next five six days. Bouchard played twenty three forty one tonight, six shots on goal, had the assist, had uh, he had eleven shot attempts overall. And he t- before they scored on that power play in the third, he took that one slap shot that went wide. I don't think anybody saw it. <laughs> like I don't think anybody knew where it was until they heard. Okay, it hit something. It's not in the net. No, we got to. Because I felt like Hellebeck, everybody was okay. Where did that go? Like he just whizzed it that no one even could pick it up. He's got an absolute bomb, and I mean, I'm getting older. My eyes are no good trying to find it on the television. When he shoots, I'm usually just watching the guy in front of the net to see if he puts his hands up or not. But what is amazing about his shot, for as heavy as his shot is, he rarely hits anyone on his own team. And you think there's a bunch of guys in front of the net battling. He always is able to sift it through there and, and find the right lane. So, I mean, he his shot creates so much for the, for the Oilers offensively on their power play, even when it's not going in. When he misses the net, then all of a sudden it's chaos as the rest of the team starts looking all over the place for it. And... Normally, the Edmonton Oilers win those races, win those battles, and create second and third chances. All right, 3-1, the Oilers take it. We're happy to hear from you tonight, 780-496-0063. That is the hotline powered by Certainty, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. Certainty, pro all the way. We also have a great story involving a former Edmonton Oil King. All ahead on Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 Chad. Shifley long pass to Kyle Connor. He'll come in. He'll shoot it. Bad save by Skinner. He covers it up as Kyle Connor got just in behind Evan Bouchard. Yeah, good game in net by Stuart Skinner. That's his save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310 Glass or visit Crystal Glass. Dot CA, Nurse, dry soil on the power play. McLeod into the empty net, all in the final seven minutes of the third period as the Oilers pull out a hard-fought 3-1 victory over the Jets in Winnipeg. Their second meeting of the season, the Jets won in overtime at Rogers Place last month. Reed Wilkins and Rob Brown with you here as the Oilers will not play again until Wednesday when they will host Carolina to start a six-game homestand. So uh, the Oilers will try to keep rolling on home ice and continue to chip away uh, at a playoff spot. So, yeah, it, uh, it's good. It's every uh, – Rob, that's what I, I love about this job and, and working with you is uh, – just the story of a season. And usually when we get around this point, 
So what was this today? Game 22? Mm-hmm. And I always think, man, like so much has happened already. <laughs> you know, you know, it has. You're just right. barely past, I guess, even more so this year because they changed the coach early in the season. But that's, uh, I mean, that's the old cliche. That's why they play 82 games because the teams that uh, have the resilience and, and the talent and the work ethic are usually the 16 that get in. And we're starting to see the Oilers team that, looks more like the team that's been in the postseason four years in a row yeah it's uh, i mean i think there was added pressure this year with the way last season ended the way the players talked their captains skates the the cup or bust everything just there's this bigger pressure that when it didn't go to start with then the pressure came from outside used to it was first it was in the dressing room then the outside whether it was media social media fans and all of a sudden, just all the players just started feeling pressure they hadn't felt in a long time here. Like, not that kind of where everyone was on top of them. Uh, you know, you got to get rid of the goaltender. You got to make a trade. You got to fire the coach. You got to fire the GM. Everything. And the players were just bombarded. They're like, okay, this season's just started. It's like, holy smokes, did this go sideways. It's a, you know, uh, it, it's nothing like we had managed. We, like, all summer long, we're thinking this is going to be our season. And now we're like, okay, who's getting traded next? Who's going to be fired next? And they just needed something to go their way. And it has, and now this is a confident group. Uh, I don't think they have any doubt in their mind that they're a playoff team and they will make the playoffs. They're playing good and they're playing smarter now. And I think they just needed a little confidence bump, and they've gotten that. So uh, it it makes the season, to me, uh, that more uh, beneficial, that more fun, that more... Uh, they've gone through adversity. You look last year, the Boston Bruins faced zero adversity the entire year until game six, seven of the first round. They did, I mean, they didn't handle it well. The Edmonton Oilers have faced adversity. So as they go further in this season, they know that they can come out of it in a positive way. And thus far, they're going in the right direction. 3-1, the Oilers win in Winnipeg. We'll go to the Certainty Hotline. We have Neil standing by. Hi, Neil, go ahead. Hey, uh... I know this is a, a, a little bit off topic uh, here tonight, but I think it's a perfect night to bring it up. Something that I've thought about for a long time is, uh, of course, with our goaltender situation and the way things have gone, not necessarily this game and Skinner's performance lately, but I, I, uh, Tristan Yari had you know something of a, uh, a special night tonight. And we played Winnipeg, and there's a Laurent Brosson connection. And as we know, uh, we picked up, we traded Waugh and, and picked up the goalie, Brosson, who we wanted, because we saw him in junior right here in Edmonton, and gave up an absolute heart and soul guy with Smead, if I remember the uh, trade correctly. That was a big thing. And then Laurent Brosson was given up on. And then here's something that I haven't understood for a long time is uh, the Edmonton Oilers had both of them uh, uh, Brasson and Tristan Yari right here watching them every single day and and I always wondered how they could give up on one of them who would have been an amazing backup and 1B goaltender and then Tristan Yari they let him slip and and he's he, he well, how, okay. I'm just gonna like. How did they let Tristan Jari slip? Like, what what do you mean by that? Well, what I mean is they like they don't have the first rights rights to him because he's an oil king. I'm sure you know that. You know, well, I do, but what I'm saying is they saw the quality. Okay, of I'm the, it, Neil. I'm gonna stop you right there. I mean, you're you're opening a whole can of worms about what ifs and who Laurent Brassois was here. He backed up uh, Camp Talbot. Um, he's been with other teams. He's a good NHL goalie. Well, um, he, he is a good backup. He's a backup as all uh, Tristan Jari was drafted 44th overall by the Penguins in 2013. The Oilers took Darnell Nurse. Seventh overall, no one had Tristan Jari go, and they did. They didn't have a second round pick, but they did. They took Marco Wa, so Jari was off the board. So you're you're kind of 
what-ifing it, quite frankly, deal to death here. Like, I mean, the, and they didn't have a, really a chance to draft Jari. He wasn't going to go seventh overall. That no, year. and you, you add to the fact that every single team in the National Hockey League knows how good any player is in any league. So just because he's in Edmonton, Edmonton isn't the only guys looking at the Edmonton Oil Kings. Right, and quite frankly, the Oilers, and this is, I mean, we... we <laughs> we, we, we rarely, hear, we, we, we rarely hear from happy people on this show. The Oilers have been criticized for drafting too many Oil Kings. Yes. Or trading for too many Oil Kings. Mitch Moraz, we can go down the road. Griffin Reinhardt. I, I mean, Neil, if you're still listening, you're probably mad at us now. If you want to harp on the Oilers for a goalie that they should have drafted, his name is Carter Hart. Because the Oilers took Tyler Benson 32nd overall, who now plays for the Henderson Silver Knights. And Carter Hart went 48th to the Flyers and was, as I recall from that year, projected to go somewhere in the second round. So, I I, I, I mean, yes, they... And Neil, I, I've never heard... I, well, quite frankly, I've never heard that before, saying the Oilers should have drafted more Oil Kings. Nope. I've, I've heard the Oilers' managers cr- criticized for drafting too many Oil Kings. Or, hey, well, why don't you look outside the city? Why, why don't you look outside at other players? So, yeah, Brassois was here. I mean, he's, the other teams have let... This is his second time with Winnipeg. Yeah, he's he's a an average backup goaltender in the National yeah. Hockey League. Now, there's nothing wrong is. with that. He's, nope. he's a good goalie. Nope. But... Now, is he better than Campbell this year? Sure, but I mean, again, we're going down a whole path of woulda, coulda, shoulda, all that kind of stuff. Oilers pull it out tonight, 3-1 over the Jets. Uh, we'll get to more of your phone calls at 780-496-0063. You're going to hear from Ryan McLeod and Darnell Nurse as well. This is Heartland Ford, Overtime Open Line on 630 Jet. Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by the Butcher Shop at Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on the official voice of your Edmonton Oilers. 630 chance. All game. The extra attacker comes on. Here's Jari with an empty net. Scores! Tristan Jari with an empty net goal. Yeah, Penguins goaltender Tristan Jari, the former Oil King, scores tonight. Helping the Penguins beat the Lightning 4-2. Dave Randorf with the call from Bali Sports. As we look at the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source for commercial trailer rentals, visit AdvantageTrailerRentals.com. Maple Leafs beat Seattle 4-3 in a shootout. Devils beat the Flyers 4-3 in overtime. Bruins blank the Sharks 3-zip. Red Wings knock off the Blackhawks 5-1. Panthers over the Habs 5-1. The Blues outscore the Sabres 6-4. Mini beats the Predators 6-1. Islanders over the Hurricanes 5-4 in overtime. Avalanche and Coyotes 3-3 late in the third. Stars and Flames 3-3 late in the second period, Rob. Nope, this is the third period as well. Oh, this is the third, too. Third period, well. That's what I meant. The Calgary Flames were down (laughs) 3-2. They scored to tie it up, make it 3-3. And Dallas challenged it. There was a glove hand pass that was not called. They reviewed it, disallowed the goal, and then a minute later, Calgary scored again. So they are 3-3 with a minute and a half to go in the hockey game. Uh, Been actually a very entertaining hockey game as well. Uh, what's our other one here? Capitals, uh, man. <laughs> Capitals leading the Ducks 4-2. That was 4-2 Capitals in the only, first. Capitals only lose to the Oilers. That's in the second period. Golden Knights leading the Canucks 3-0 in the second. Well, they were due. I mean, they lost lost in Calgary, lost in Edmonton. I think they're on a four-game losing streak. So go play one of the hottest teams in the league, the Vancouver Canucks, and beat them. Thursday night football, Dallas leading Seattle 41-35 with a minute 43 left. That is your Advantage Trailer Rentals scoreboard. I don't know why I thought this game was still in the second period. My sense of time is all off. That's okay. No one else knows. I've been paying a lot of attention to the football game you more have than been. usual. Well, every once in a while you would cheer, and I'm like, I'm hey, reacting what? to stuff because I cheer for the Seahawks. I know, but I'm like, okay, that was McLeod. He just like stopped. I'm like, you were excited that he didn't fall. I'm like, why are you cheering here? And then I look, oh, yeah, they got a touchdown over on the other screen. People don't realize that we have this huge... We have a very nice setup We have, here. A we very have two nice large TVs, so we can watch one game off a traditional cable box, and then we stream the other one, which I guess is now traditional, too. Uh, Dan wins a $50 River Cree Resort Casino gift card. I set the line at one and a half. 
How many goals would the Oilers score tonight in which McDavid got neither the goal nor an assist? I set the line at one, a, one and a half for River Cree Resort and Casino excitement bet on it. So it was two. It was over. He didn't factor in on the first and third goals. Big goal by McLeod to allow that gentleman to win the prize. Well, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Empty netter. Yeah. Well, and the Oilers had a couple shots at the empty net in which McDavid, I think, would have got a point. Yeah. yeah, when they were when him and Nugent Hopkins were trying to cycle the puck, <laughs> Drysaddle tried the three-pointer from center. Tried, yeah, he tried <laughs> lobbing it over top. Then actually, Drysaddle got it in the slot and decided to pass it back to the defenseman for a shot from the point. Uh, yeah, they had plenty of chances at the open net. Uh, they were all trying to be a little unselfish, and eventually, the right guy for the Edmonton Oilers scored the empty net goal. The guy that needed it badly, Ryan McLeod, is off the schneid. He now has a goal on the season. All right, we got Reese on the Certainty Hotline. Hi, Reese, go ahead. Hey, gentlemen, how are you doing this evening? Good. Hey, I just want to reference something that you guys mentioned earlier about, like, social media and stuff like that. And you guys talk to players. Do they look at social media? Because I see some of the stuff on there, and I'm a young kid. I'd be bothered by that stuff being said about me. Do you um, think that had to do with part of the losing kid at the start, maybe? I got a, I got a really good story. So I, I do... Uh, uh, events for for different companies and stuff, and I did it for ATB. Did an event, and it was with Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Devin Shore. And the event had a bunch of kids that were in the stands. And this this event was, I think, two U nine girls teams, and they got to ask questions. And one of the questions to Devin Shore was, with the trade deadline coming up, are you like? all fans where you are always on your phone looking at social media trying to find out who's getting traded and he said Devin Shore said that I used to be that guy and then I came to Edmonton and I was on social media and could not believe all the mean things that were said about me so I got off social media I my my impression would be and I should say Reese I don't really talk to players about this I mean my interaction is I got a couple questions to ask. <laughs> they usually want to go home or get on the plane. Um, my guess would be most of them have learned they, that they have to avoid it. Yes. Um, I, I think Clem Costin made a joke last year about to Jim Matheson. Oh, people don't like you on Twitter or something like that. But I, th- I mean, I think that they're uh, aware of stuff and probably they might have friends or family that might say this or this was in an article. But I, I don't... I think there's a point where it's not helpful or productive, like to read about. Like they they know how they played. Mm-hmm. They're they and they're the the important feedback to them is from their coaches and their teammates. So yep. if they're playing bad, they don't need to hear Billy and Bonnie Dune call them <laughs> a bad name. You know, like it. But yes, it, well, they. I mean, at the end of the the day. Most of these hockey players are kids. They are certainly kids uh, to me because of the age difference. And you see how social media affects kids when things are written that are in an incredibly negative way. So, yeah, I would imagine it affects them. I would think that most players would stay away from it, especially when things are not going right for them. So, yeah, I think that the, the social media is something that they're taught about talked about with uh, the the NHL before the end of, before the seasons begin to try and tell them okay here's what you want to do here's what you want to avoid uh, and most of them probably avoid a lot of it yeah Flames uh, win in overtime four three I think Kadri got the goal I just looked up and it looked like he was celebrating yeah, it was a nice play too a nice two on one and uh, the Seahawks uh, drive just ended here so Dallas is going to win this game yeah I, I mean and again that's. That's an interesting question by Reese, and I mm-hmm. think it factors all into maturity, handling pressure, handling expectations. Everybody's different. I mean, I've seen who was it? There was some pitcher. Well, it was a long time ago. Twitter was still quite new, but he like signed a contract, and he went on and he answered. He responded to almost <laughs> all the tweets. Like if people were like, "Oh, hey, you're terrible," he's like, "Yeah, I actually think I'm pretty good. But we'll see how I do this year." Or if a fan was like, "Hey, I'm glad you signed with our team. Oh, thanks." I don't know if anybody would do that now. I remember. No, this is not social media. This is our good old traditional radio. Uh, I mean, I make. I mean, I had a different relationship with Mark Letestu. I wouldn't say we were friends, but mm-hmm. I'd known him since he was 16 playing Junior B. So there was the basis of a lot of professional 
respect there. Yep. And I remember once he said, I, he said once, he goes, sometimes I listen to you and Rob on the way home after games, but I don't listen if I think there's going to be discussion about me. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true it's uh, just before we continue this conversation the the going again another instant replay uh in the calgary flames gala star game is now they are checking for i'm guessing goalie interference on Kadri as the puck went in there's one calgary flame on the ice and one dallas star on the ice waiting to see the referee's decision on whether or not this goal counts or not but yeah it's it is tough. It's it's a different world than when I played. Uh, when I played, yeah. we had no social media. We had no internet. Um, we actually didn't really get to see a lot of other teams' games around the National Hockey League. So everything was a lot easier for us than it is for kids nowadays. I got 22-year-old twins. I, I They grew up with this social media and everything. And it is, uh, it, it's a different world, and you got to be very, very careful. So it, uh, social media is great and it's terrible and it's really actually for me it's i'm not on any social media so for me it's nothing anyways all right let's go back to winnipeg where the Oilers have won 3-1 here's defenseman darnell nurse 100 percent of the shots you don't take you miss i mean your shot um you're hoping that that might be the result considering how many chances the team had, had. i mean we had lots of chances i was just trying to shoot through a screen and you never know what happens uh you know i've been a d-man on the other side of those and uh, sometimes just stiffen up and, and whatnot. So just try to surprise them, get one on that, and, and get it through the demon. What did you think of uh, maybe a combination of perseverance and patience to get you guys to that point and eventually to the win? Yeah, I think it's uh, the composure of the team was on was on full display there. I think you know for us to uh, be down one there in the in the first and not not open our game up and push um, for too much too much offense and at the same time um, knowing the chances were there, we did try to convert. So. It was a good uh, good sign of, of where our group's going, and um, I think we built a lot of confidence off this game. How much did you feel the momentum shift once you did score and then following the way that the rest of the seven minutes opened up that way? Yeah, no, I think um, obviously we had a lot of great ozone time and, and a lot of good chances so when the when the first one goes goes in i think for the group um you know it, it takes a little bit of the load off the shoulders and and our power play went out there and did their thing so uh that's why they're so special they scored those those times and uh for us it was a uh, it was a great one you think that was a chippier game than you're expecting i uh, no, every time we play winnipeg it seems to be uh you know, pretty hard out there. Uh, you know, it's a team that checks really well. It's got a lot of big bodies, and um, no, it's uh, there's always an element of that physicality. I feel like every time we play against each other. Darnell Nurse gets a goal. Every time an Oilers scores, it's a $100 donation to 630 Chet Santos Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Injury Lawyers, when accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. So 300 bucks tonight. Teddy Bear toss for Santos tomorrow at Rogers Place. The delivery days are December 16th and 17th. SantasAnonymous.ca for more information, how you can uh, help out. If you want to donate a new unwrapped toy or a book for uh, any kid up to the age of 12, you can drop it off here at Ched between 9 and three on weekdays. Look for the donation boxes in shopping centers, Costco, Ikea, Toys R Us, Superstore, Canadian Tires. Uh, uh, very proud of what every uh, everybody does for 630 Chad Santa's Anonymous. Okay, we have Chris on the line as well. Chris, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing? Good. Good. Go Grizz, buddy. Oh, who, is this uh, Chris Lacusta? No, Lamishka, yes. Chris Lamishka, sorry. God, I forgot your last name. How are you? Uh, Good. I'm very, very good. Uh, first time caller, actually, but I've listened to you guys forever. Uh, I actually have four points, and I'm just going to go through them really quick, and then uh, I'll let you guys chat. So, number one, Jari could have been ours because he was uh, a free agent or was on waivers that um, one summer, so we could have gotten him, not as a draft pick. Okay, fair enough. So, that's, that's number one. Number two, Nurse. I'm glad that uh, I think Nurse has been playing uh, pretty good lately. Um I'm glad to see less and less people online giving them a hard time. Uh, number three is um, if we had to pick between Drysidle and Connor, and we could only have one to sign, who would you pick? I'd pick Drysidle. And then number four is I'm glad to see that we're rolling four lines more and sticking to our line combos more because I think that's what's helping us with. Well, 
Yes, but we're not really rolling four lines. I think we're doing the the Oilers are, the, are always going to be the same, no matter who coaches. What Reid's got it in front of us. What did the Oilers fourth line? Uh, what did Hamblin? Uh, Hamblin play? played six eleven. Ryan played eight twelve. Uh, Janmark played ten forty. Well, that Janmark's different because he's a penalty yeah. killer. Boy, Kulak only played eleven ten. So the others, the others fourth line. Gagne played ten and a half. Yes, the others fourth line don't play. Uh, this is a three line team. Once again, why it's really important for Ryan McLeod to round into form because when you only play three lines, he's on one of those three. He's going to get a lot of ice time. As for Connor and Leon, uh, sign them both. I mean, th- there'll be no decision for the others. It would be McDavid who they would sign. But sign them both. It'll be. It, it's funny. The, the next next summer is going to be interesting. Yeah, I think. I don't. I don't want to open up this can of worms too much. Tonight. I think if there is a one of the players who isn't an Oiler in two or three years, I think it's more likely to be Leon. Having said that, they could very well both be here. Yep, and they could and very for, well both and be again, gone. As I, as I always say to people, why not just enjoy that they're <laughs> both on the same team for the time being, but time being instead of worrying about when they're not. I agree 100%. And, I mean, you get to watch uh, Magic every single night that the Oilers play because they have the two best players in the world on their team. All right, we got Tanner. By the way, Chris was a very good athlete. He was like a glue guy. Oh, yeah? Like just, yeah, just like a... He was like a... Hard-working, reliable... Well, I don't know, I guess. He was good. Uh, We got Tanner on the line as well. Hey, Tanner. Hey guys, uh, great win tonight. I was barely, well, I watched it and it was a great effort and I was glad that they kept through it through all, you know, pretty much I'll say 40, 45 minutes and, you know, pulled through it and, uh, got, uh, got the three goals in the third, but my, kind of my main, my main question, I've just been curious cause I follow the goalies, I guess quite closely. Um, Jack Campbell, uh, they were having that Manny legacy down in Bakersfield to kind of just, I don't know, um, help him along the way. And he was working, working with him over the summer and, Obviously, Jack Campbell's going to be the, you know, going to be, they're going to give him another shot before maybe they start seeking elsewhere. That would be kind of my guess. Um, if he's kind of really doing well in Bakersfield, why wouldn't, would there be any reason why that Manny Legacy couldn't come up to like the NHL level too? You know, if they want Jack Campbell to, you know, really do well and he's, you know, doing well, like I, I just, I, I see it as being. I th- uh, nothing but I think I read it I think I read the article and they said that if Jack Campbell did come up that legacy wouldn't go I think he he works somewhere else like he's they said that if he, Campbell ever came back to the Edmonton legacy was going back to wherever he came from I read the okay. article on it too um he I, I don't know what many legacies other he was the is. blue jacket school he coached right uh Possibly. I don't know yeah, much think, about him. Uh, I believe he was. I'm but trying I, to confirm that. But I did read that he wouldn't come to Edmonton. I, I did read that. So I um, I just hope he gets Jack Campbell's game turned in the right direction and Jack Campbell comes up and can be a contributing factor for this hockey club. Um, but I guess time will tell. I, I know that they don't. I mean, it's nice for Calvin Pickard, but I don't think a Skinner-Pickard duo is what the Oilers envision taking them to a Stanley Cup. So, but if Legacy wanted to, he could. I mean, there's no cap on coaches or no, there's money, not money or no. I, I can't. Or, I, I should have read the article a little deeper, <laughs> but I did read that if if Campbell was to come back up, that many Legacy would not be following him up. So, I, if I can find the article, I will enlighten us all a little bit more later. All right, Oilers win it three-one. Uh, we'll get to uh, another phone call or two. You're also going to hear from Ryan McLeod. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.